and welcome to the Pinstripe Alley podcast. I'm Andrew Mearns, joined as always by Kun Shaw. How are you doing? Right, you know, the Yankees are doing better, so I'm not 500 like I was last week. I'm a little I'm a little bit above 500 now. Oh, yeah, we <laughs> we fell briefly back to 500 at one point, but you know, the Nationals bullpen decided to be the Nationals bullpen and that was a nice little assist. <laughs> It's, it's, it's actually pretty impressive. Um, not only did the Yankees win some baseball games this week, they also won some Manfred ball games this week. Yeah. Completely different sport. <laughs> Imagine. This is, yeah, this is like cross-cultural content here. <laughs> they did it. I don't know how they did it, but you know, it's just impressive when you just pick up a sport out of nowhere that you haven't been playing, and then all of a sudden, in the middle of a game, you're like, oh, we're just going to play with different rules. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, uh, they... Almost swept the Astros. That would have been extremely nice to pull off, but unfortunately, the bullpen had its first real meltdown of the season on Thursday afternoon in the Altuve home run game off Chad Green. Justin Wilson also did not pitch well in that game. Then, of course, the next day, the bullpen looked like shit again. This time, it was uh, Loisiga and Sessa, who they were probably just reminding everyone that even though they're pitching pretty well this year, deep down, they still have traces of the old Loisiga and Sessa in them. So, thank you for the reminder i suppose yeah i mean you, you're not going to expect a bullpen to go perfect for 162 games That's just, you, you're, if you're asking for that then i don't know what's wrong with you but something is <laughs> but yeah i mean the altuve the, the the astros loss was like very annoying obviously but you really didn't expect altuve to do nothing throughout the three games you didn't I honestly expected the same thing to happen, but with Chapman pitching, just because, you know, it would have been perfect, but it was Chad Green pitching. So I'll take that as a win that we didn't have to see another Altuve home run off of Chapman. So yay. That's true. That That is something that we managed to avoid this time around. But <laughs> as you said, it's one of those things where you totally understood how the sequence of events in the game played out that way. There was no reason for Aaron Boone to not trust his bullpen when it had been so incredible for the first month and change of the season. And I know Garrett Cole was out there, but he still obviously looked good on Thursday because he's Garrett Cole. But by Garrett Cole's standards, his command is a little off. So maybe that's not the outing where you need to push him in the eighth. And again, especially not if you have a bullpen like this one. Yeah, and it's not like it's not like Boone would like uh, pull the plug on Cole on like in like the fourth, fifth, or sixth inning. He still completed seven innings. <laughs> yeah, that's a long outing. He just needs to be cut or sent down to the minors because he gave up two home runs. The same guy, but besides that, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no reason to not expect Chad Green to not get the job done in that instance. It just didn't happen, and that that sucks. Yeah. Chad Green's been one of like you know your most reliable relievers for the last like three four years at this point. Like it's okay to trust him with the baseball. It's very okay. Sometimes shit just happens. It's baseball. <laughs> yeah, and like Lewiska had been incredible pretty much up until Friday, and then he just looked at, like absolute dog shit. And yeah, that just happens sometimes. It it sucks and it's really annoying. But c'est la vie, baseball. Yeah, the return of Johnny Lasagna. Hopefully, he's gone after that. <laughs> yeah. The bullpen picked it up again in the last couple of games of the series against the Nationals and helped them win those extra inning games. So, hey, take that. Yeah. I mean, look, if you struck out 14 times in a game against Max Scherzer and still came away with winning that baseball game. <laughs> yeah. That's I, can't fine. Believe they, I can't believe they won that game. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's obviously very much not what you want to strike out 14 times in a game but you know max Scherz is going to do that to you you can't just quote unquote go the other way or just bunt against him or whatever no. you know people want people to do but 
No, he's Max Scherzer. He's just going to dominate you in whatever way he can. It was enough of a miracle that Kyle Higashioka had homered off him earlier in that game, because if he doesn't do that, then that game doesn't go extras and they lose. No, exactly. Yeah. So if it wasn't for Higgy just managing to like running to run into one, but the fact that he did and then they still managed to win that game, I'm going to take it. I'm not going to even complain. You know, yeah, it didn't look good. It was ugly, but I'll take it. Yeah, and then of course they they went on that bases loaded squibber from Glaber, but you, exactly, <laughs> you just it doesn't matter. You win ugly, still a win, and hey, yeah, you survived I mean, man for ball. Exactly, you know, played a different sport here, people. <laughs> right, managed to pull out those wins in extra innings against the Nationals, and that brought them back to two games over five hundred. And the bullpen and the rest of the pitching staff is getting a much needed off day today on the day that we're recording Monday. And then of course we got a fun three game set at the Trop coming up. So look forward to some nonsense there. Can we just like forfeit the three games and not even bother? <laughs> Not, not even like I'm expecting the Yankees to lose or trying to be like a downer or anything like that. I just, I don't want to watch it. It's just, it's not going to be fun. Even if they manage to win a game or two, maybe even sweep, they won't. But <laughs> I just don't want to watch it. Yes, yeah, it's, it's hard for them to win down there for whatever reason. They're just weird stuff always seems to happen at the trap. But they will at least have Garrett Cole pitching the middle game of that series. So maybe they'll win one. Okay, fine. <laughs> that one game can be allowed to happen. No, they're too forfeit. Yeah. <laughs> It's not worth it. Yeah, hope springs eternal, but it's it's weird. I think I remember the last time the Yankees played at the, the Trop, it was earlier in the season, but I'm pretty sure I found a stat that said that they'd won like two games at the Trop since 2019 began or something like that. It's not great. It's really, really bad. And obviously, like, you know, part of that caveat is shortened 2020 season that they might have won like three or four games if we had a full season. <laughs> it's just, it's it's definitely not what you want, and I'm not looking forward to seeing them there. <laughs> Yeah, well, maybe they will defy expectations and do something nice there for once. We can we can be optimistic, right? Maybe. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> well, aside from that, the offense did look a, a little bit better uh, against the Astros than they did during uh, the series against the Nationals. Obviously, getting shut down by Scherzer is one thing, but they also didn't look that great against like Joe Ross, which like probably do a little bit better against Joe Ross, but what are you going to do? Yeah, it may just be a byproduct of offense being down throughout the entire league too, which is, I think, sort of not to excuse the Yankees' offensive problems from time to time, but that is something that's going on throughout the league and not just focused on the Yankees. And that's something that I think fans need to keep in mind a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, as Yankees fans, it's easy for us to focus on the Yankees and be like, oh my God, they're just so bad. And then like, just picture like, oh, but look how good Mike Trout is doing. Yeah. Mike Trout is doing great because he's Mike Trout. Yeah, he but, breaks the rules. Exactly. He, he's not fair. He's a video game character. So is Byron Buxton before he got hurt. Those guys are not somebody that we should be like, oh my God, but if they're doing well, then these guys should be doing well. No. But the fact of the matter is across the league, offense is down. You know, they've deadened the ball because reasons. Everyone's here for ground into double plays, I guess. And uh, that's just kind of the reality we have to live with until and unless they do something about that. Like, they actually came out and said, hey, we're going to deaden the ball because offense was boring or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the barometer, I think, right now that best exemplifies this is that Gary Sanchez, is, his overall numbers are 174, 337, 319, which you look at and you're like, wow, that's terrible. And yeah, it hasn't been pretty, especially pretty much every series for Gary after like the first one or two of the season have been bad. But overall, right. that's an OPS plus of 91, which like... <laughs> You look at it from that perspective, and it's like, okay, I guess it's not that bad, but that's just emblematic of all the offensive struggles around the league. 
Yeah, and like, you know, it's a funny thing. Like, they obviously Manfred's had this whole thing about the pace of play for the game and trying to make the game at least a lot more action or go quicker, not necessarily shorten the length of the game. And I've been all for it. Like, I get it. I get what they're trying to do. I've never really cared much about, like, taking away the having to throw the four pitches for the intentional walk. Just put up the finger, let them go. I really don't care. That's fine. But deadening the ball to, like, get rid of home runs and get rid of offense, I don't know what the hell you're trying to do here. Because if you're talking about pace of play, like, people are like, yeah, strikeouts and all that cool. It's gut- it's fun to see, like, a great pitching dominance. But then when you have, like, four freaking no-hitters by the first or second week of May, this isn't fun anymore. Like, people are not going there to see, like, this pitching domination every single time out. They're trying they're, – they want to see home runs. They want to see runs. Yeah, there have been two no-hitters since our last recording. One of them was John Means, and that would have been a perfect game if this catcher had caught strike three. And the other one was Wade Miley, which, yeah, okay. First of all, (laughs) contract Cleveland for getting no-hit twice in one season, and also contract Cleveland for getting no-hit by Wade Miley in the year of our Lord 2021. (laughs) Yeah, man, it it, it ain't great. I forget which episode of Effectively Wild, like last week, I actually asked, this, like somebody asked this question to them and I've been thinking about it like literally every day since then about what's more impressive and like in today's game, like in the year 2021, throwing a Maddox or throwing a no-hitter. I'm like, I think throwing a Maddox is more impressive. <laughs> everyone's throwing no-hitters. Then Wayne Miley threw a no-hitter. I was like, yeah, see, everyone's throwing a no-hitter. I might be able to do one. Yeah, I, at this point, <laughs> it's like, who's right around the corner and going to do one? Uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, Annabelle Sanchez will make a comeback somewhere and throw a no-hitter. But at the same time, hey, Yankees, if you want to throw a no-hitter, go for it. Yeah, hey, as it. I've tweeted, hey, they have the uh, eighth longest no-hit drought now. So, hey, get done. It's funny, like, up until, like, this season, I've always said, like, the Yankee, I felt like whose chances were the highest of, like, randomly throwing a no-hitter were, like, Tanaka. And now I'm just like, ah. I mean, obviously, Garrett Cole is up there because he's, you know, the best pitcher in the American League and, you know, maybe the second best pitcher in baseball. Oh, yeah, I guess Garrett Cole's up there. I guess he can do it. (laughs) But I still, I don't know, because I just feel like it's not one of those things where you just always expect the ace to go out and do it. It's like, you know, sometimes it's a random person, like Wade freaking Miley. I always felt like Tanaka, like just when he's on and his stuff is just on, like he's probably the most likely to do it. And now we won't see that this year, at least. And I'm sad again. Yeah. No, it, it, it is kind of crazy to think about, like, Greg Maddox, Roger Clemens, CC Sabathia. These guys never threw no-hitters. None of the big Braves pitchers in the 90s threw no-hitters. It's <laughs> it's just, like, a matter of, like, who gets it, and it's, it ends up being some really weird dudes. Like, the day after Mike Messina almost threw his perfect game in 2001, P.S., I hate you, Carl Everett. Always um, and forever. <laughs> the day after, the Cardinals got a no-hitter by a dude named Bud Smith, who had... <laughs> was a rookie and basically had, I think, like 12 career starts, and that was it. You know, it's funny. Like, you mentioned all these names. Like, I wonder how mad that they are that they're not throwing, like, right now. Like, they're not pitching right now. Like, they're like, I think I can rack up all these no-hitters the way they like, – the, the, the amount of talent these guys have had and just how, like, baseball's trying to kill the offense. And they might be able to. Yeah. Well, either way, would be nice to see a little bit more offense around the game. So, if you could, you know, sure. subtly switch up that ball again or maybe find some more drastic measures in the offseason to try to curtail this uh, overwhelming pitching that's going on. Because <laughs> batters can't just, you know, bunt to get on all the time or go the other way. It's – yeah, you try to hit some of these pitches that they're throwing now. Jeez. Manfred's just going to make it where like extra innings now starts with the bases loaded and the batters up three, nothing instead of just like putting the ball back to what it was and just leaving it where it was. No, 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 no. This is what we're going to do. Is this what you want? No. What about this? No. <laughs> Rob Manfred is like the, the, that tweet where likes are now florps. It's just everything he does to baseball. Like yeah. Likes are now florps. Okay, cool. This baseball goes sideways. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
I guess uh, something else we should talk about is that um, Luke Voigt is probably going to be back on the team uh, by the time you hear this on Tuesday. He should be activated if everything's going to plan. His rehab assignment in Scranton went very well. He OPSed 1,000, so that's very good. Kind of what you want. Yes, that is almost exactly what you want. Actually, I think I may have misspoke. Hold on. So he did better than that. He slugged 1,000 in his uh, five games in Scranton, so there you go. Luke Boyd oh, okay. looks just about ready to rejoin this team, and he will be a welcome addition because first base has been such a black hole. Are you not a big fan of uh, Mike Ford and his mustache, which is no longer there, but, you know, just needs to mention how bad it was? Yeah, that did. That's, that, that's, all, that's all I really had to say. I really don't want to talk about Mike Ford. I just want to talk about how bad the mustache was, and I'm happy it's gone. <laughs> yeah, between Mike Ford and the early Jay Bruce experiment, I am – Definitely ready to see Luke Voigt back on this team because whew, it's been rough and dingers will be much appreciated. Yeah, I mean, the only time like first base hasn't been like a complete hole is when like DJ was playing first. But even then, he hasn't been like exactly like tearing the ball off the cover or tearing the cover off the ball. There you go. That's an expression. You don't tear balls off the cover. But yeah, so it'll be nice to see like Luke Voigt. Hopefully he can stay healthy. Uh, obviously, his bat looks ready. You know, he looks ready. It's just a matter of whether or not he can stay healthy, which hopefully he can. And I think he'll have some sort of like ripple effect throughout the whole offense. Just like, you know, when they move stay into the two hole, I think, you know, adding in a, a hitter like Luke Voigt will do a lot for this team. It does. And I think he is really the key to a lot of what makes this lineup work because he does not really go into as deep slumps as sometimes like Stanton and Judge can fall into. He's a little bit more consistent in this in that regard as long as he's healthy. So I'm pretty optimistic about what Luke Voigt can do for this team. And also getting Gio Urshela back in that lineup too after he had to miss the entire national series because of that knee injury that he suffered in the last game against the Astros. Yeah, you, you really felt that because like, you know, before he got hurt, Urshela was hitting really well and great, you know, yeah. the offense was clicking and now all of a sudden you lose Urshela you call up Miguel Andujar which is like fine but he didn't do anything so <laughs> you know all of a sudden just the offense trending upward just kind of crashes and burns and you're like oh crap but now if you're able to bring back Urshela like obviously he hasn't hit the IL or anything like that so chances are he may play tomorrow I think I uh, hope <laughs> rather at least and then you probably getting uh, Luke Hoyt back that's going to do a lot to balance this lineup out and you know give Judge and Stanton some sort of help and hopefully judge will kind of get it going because he's had a rough week <laughs> oh yeah yeah there's a guy who i almost gave him my yankee of the week last week and then he follows it up with just this absolutely abysmal week where he strikes out seven times in a row at one point and is in a malaise so hopefully the uh mostly two days off that he got aside from that pinch hit walk appearance like on sunday will help clear his head a little bit and maybe he'll hit some ping pong dingers at the trop who knows yeah yeah, but as you said, like Urshela back on this team, you felt his loss in the lineup too, because Andujar, he had been hitting well in AAA and just did not carry that over. I know he only got the two games, so maybe that's not long enough to actually say anything about it, but he just did not look very sharp. Yeah, like I'm not going to be like, oh my God, Andujar is done because it was just two games. But at the same time, it's been, what, we're going on three years since he's his rookie of the year. Since he uh, last did anything, yeah. His runner-up campaign, so so. It's not really, you know, working out great for him as far as that's concerned. I feel like if he really needed to kind of come in and make an impact right away, like, you know, like I said, I don't think the two go- games will be held against him necessarily, but I think if he wanted to stay up or wanted more of a chance, he needed to do something at least, even hit one double. Yeah. Yeah, we, we saw Miguel Andujar's entire first 2021 stint with the Yankees 
come in and come out through the night basically since our last podcast so maybe he'll come back at some point but first look was uh not great once again to quote joe girardi it's not what you want it is not what you want pick it up mickey (laughs) okay anything else uh, coming to mind for you no i mean that pretty much covers it like they're trending upward they're definitely playing better baseball of late which is good to see but there's obviously still a few holes that need to be plugged in and still a few things they need to work on hopefully they'll keep it going and maybe they'll come out with a series win and drop we can hope right we can hope nothing is stopping us from hoping as gandalf once said there never was much hope just a fool's hope and we are fools also also do not follow your nose in the trap i'm just assuming that place smells bad (laughs) yeah you're you're gonna like follow your path to the raised tank and fall in (laughs) something bad will happen there's two places you should not follow your nose trap and in oakland do not do not do not no, if you fo- if you follow your nose in Oakland, you might get Epstein Barr virus. <laughs> hey, at least after the trap, they go to Baltimore, which does usually do good things for the Yankees, and then they're in Texas. So let's see. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll take this moment to do an ad break, and we we'll right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back, and uh, I think we're ready for another edition of our new segment, the Meet a Baby Bomber. Yeah. Who do you have this week, Coach? So I have the Tampa Tarpon second baseman. This is probably a predictable Meet a Baby Bomber, but I just feel like he needs to be spotlighted right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Trevor Hover, because this dude is absolutely on fire right now. Obviously, (laughs) it's only been five games for them like since the season started, but in five games, he has six home runs. He's uh, OPSing 2265. The dude is unreal right now. He's just hitting the ball he, it, very long, very far, and uh, Tampa just seems to be enjoying it. So I know he came in, uh, he was drafted in last year in the third round, I believe, in the shortened 2020 draft from Arizona State. And he was playing a lot of outfield there because they had a lot of infielders. But uh, when he was signed by the Yankees, they announced him as a second baseman. That's kind of what he's been doing. And uh, so far, you know, 2021 seems to agree with him a lot. Yeah, it's really been funny just to see what the Tampa Tarpons offense has been doing this first week of the minor league season. They scored 65 runs in the first four games, which is a a good pace, I think. (laughs) Yeah, it, it Can they play for the Yankees? I, like, I would like to see that offense for like a four or five game stretch. It'd be fun. Yeah, Dan had a good article about some like the top prospects that were excelling there. Trevor Hover was obviously part of it. Austin Wells is doing there too. Anthony Volpe. And the, those guys are off to a ridiculous start. And anytime you can get some good momentum going immediately, especially for these guys who have played, it's been so long since they've played like actual competitive baseball. That's important. Yeah, for sure. And I think the only thing really with Hover is I think his like arm is a little weak. So that's why they have him at second base instead of make, maybe trying to move him over to third. But the one thing that did kind of concern me is just like on his MLB.com profile, it ends with he has elicited comparisons to Daniel Murphy and to former Yankees outfielder turned second baseman Rob Repsnyder. Oh, no. Now I'm scared. <laughs> this can't end well. Well, I'm going to take this week and enjoy it. He okay. had a good run. 
But don't worry, I found out that he has a good dog too. Oh, yeah. I just sent you a link to him, actually. Yeah, that is a very good dog. Yeah. Uh, we will be sure to include this vital info in the show notes because everyone I mean, the needs people to see need it. Everyone needs to see the- Trevor Hover's good dog. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, he's had a very, very good week. And I believe as of right now on like MLB Pipeline, he's listed as like their number 23 uh, prospect, which is, you know, a good place to be. Yeah. Number 23, Yankees prospect, right? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, uh, sorry to clarify, they're meaning the Yankees, not yeah. all of baseball. <laughs> I was going like, to come up. <laughs> that would be a very good place to be if he was the 23rd best prospect in all of baseball. Yeah. Yeah, so it may just be like hot week, but hey, if he can eventually turn into something, good for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we never know what these, uh, what the minor leaguers are going to do, the baby bombers are going to do, but it's just fun to highlight when they have good times. So yeah, especially yeah, when you hit six homers in a week, yeah, you could be the meet a baby bomber guy. <laughs> You've earned it. You might still be my Yankee of the week because you know it's it's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> all right, should I do mine? Um, yeah, that's kind of all I had. Just please don't turn into Rob Ruff Snyder. Okay. <laughs> So uh, I did my random number generator thing for the minor league rosters. And today I came up with uh, Nick Ernst, who is a relief pitcher in uh, Hudson Valley. And uh, I looked up a little about him. He's a Cincinnati kid. He went to Miami University of Ohio. So the cold one. And uh, (laughs) yeah, sorry, Kelly Kapoor. Uh, Yeah, I was going to say, maybe he could be king friends with Kelly Kapoor. Yeah. Shout out to my uh, office season nine heads. Never mind. (laughs) all three of us yeah let's not yeah let's not talk about the later seasons of the office anyway so he's taken in the 15th round of the 2018 draft he was mostly a reliever in school he hit a wall in 2018 when he had to have tommy john surgery sort of like my guy last week the other justin wilson and uh the yankees drafted him anyway because hell why not split times a starter and reliever in staten island in 2019 he didn't really pitch all that well and he's also off to a bumpy start this year in hudson valley so he'll have to turn it around pretty soon but he may just end up being an organizational pitcher, but he's in the system. Fun fact, he is regrettably a fan of Tom Brady and not a fan of Lil Nas X's Satan shoes, according to his Twitter account. You know what? I I got nothing on that. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's only pitched in two games so far. Yeah, he's allowed a run in both of them, or he's allowed two runs total, but do better. Yeah, do better. And get have better choices in football and music. Yeah, I did see. Um, he did speak out onto his Twitter account about um Dak Prescott battling depression and the importance of recognizing mental health in sports. So hey, at least there's that. All right, you know, yeah. there's that's something. not nothing because I feel like the tendency for a lot of athletes is to be really macho about it. But you know, it's good that he's like, no, this is important. Yeah, yeah, Nick, Nick, take it the way Nick giveth. So yes, he earned a little praise from me. You're fired. Yeah, okay. Well, Only because I was going to make that same exact joke and you said it <laughs> right before me. <laughs> this has been the final Meet a Baby Bomber segment. <laughs> <laughs> We're never doing this again. All right. Well, whatever. We tried. All right. Shall we go on to the Yankee and the Mitre of the Week? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Yankee and the Mitre of the Week. Woo. Yeah. All right. Who's your Yankee of the Week? So I had a few options. Like, you know, I, I do definitely say this every week, don't I? Yeah, I do. Wow. Anyway, but I definitely had a few options. I was going to go through. I'm just going to go run through my list of who my contenders were. It was going to be uh, Kyle Higashioka for, you know, just randomly hitting a home run off of Max Scherzer, even though he's done pretty much nothing else since he's earned more playing time. <laughs> my other option was just going to be Giancarlo Stanton because he's Giancarlo Stanton. Uh, Lucas Litke, I was thinking of because ever since his like first week, he's actually pitched really well. 
he has you know he, he's been re- pretty good you know he's not like inner circle top tier of the bullpen but he's been up there but my Yankee of the week is going to be Glaber Torres for finally hitting that first freaking home run of the year <laughs> that was a that was a good feeling so okay good he finally got one because <laughs> you know that yes. that was eating at him too absolutely like you could tell like not necessarily like he was just like every single time like oh my god I need to get this out I need to get this out but you could tell that he's just been pressing on it a little bit. The good thing is, like, he's, you know, the last, like, two weeks or so, he's been just hitting better of late as it is. So, you know, it hasn't been, like, impacting him too much. But it's just nice to get that out of the way. Hopefully, with just getting that first one out of the way, more will just come naturally. And if they don't, he'll just keep doing what he's doing. But, I mean, since April, what is it? I think the 22nd has a slash line of 295, 377, 393. So, like, He's hitting, he's getting on base. It's just the slugging hasn't been there. Like, so that's just kind of what's hopefully going to come. That's like the last thing remaining. So just getting that first one out of the way is nice. <laughs> yeah. And he got the uh, the walk-off dribbler on a Saturday. So hey, yeah. bonus. Woo! Yeah. Bad boy, Glaber. Keep going. Maybe now that the first homer is out of the way, he'll just go on a spree. Also, just a fun little fact, since April 22nd to now, which I, I think I've been just kind of using April 22nd as a benchmark because I believe that's kind of when uh, Stanton has moved to the second, like the two spot and that's, the team has just been better since then. Glaber Torres has exactly 69 plate appearances. Nice. That is all. Very good. Well, on a, <laughs> on a, of the week? <laughs> on a similar note, I will just take the easy path and say Giancarlo Stanton for the second week in a row <laughs> because... Uh, yeah. He carried his hitting streak to 12 games before it got snapped by the Nationals in that first game. Then he went, he did go hitless against Scherzer, but whatever. Who among us would not go hitless against Scherzer? But um, he got the walk-off hit on Sunday, and he still hit very well for the week. He had a 375, 483, 833 triple slash with three homers. He was a big part of those two wins against the Astros homered in each of them so he kept up a hot streak again had seven hits in two games in those wins so Giancarlo Stan you are still the Yankee of the week yeah it's very nice to have him consistently be in the running for that just because like we've talked about many times before I just love watching that dude just hit baseballs so it's just fun (laughs) he's the best (laughs) and he's still hitting rockets absolutely yeah. He's destroying baseballs for whatever they did to his family. And, uh, oh, before we continue our Yankee and Mitri of the week, uh, I have to kind of interrupt us to give us a little uh, Michael King update, who is now one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh on the Yankees' top 12 in baseball reference war. But the reason I kind of brought this up is because John Carlos Satan has up to third on the team. So, good. <laughs> As you hoped last week, it's starting to get a little bit more normal up the top there. Yeah, yeah. The, outside of Michael King just randomly still being there in the seventh spot, the rest of the 11 guys look kind of what you would expect to see. Maybe the order is a little bit off with like Judge in, at, at number 11, but uh, that bad week will do that to him, I guess, too. Yeah. Oh, I, I also don't know if I would have uh, Kyle Gashio good number two, but hey, that's the those are the numbers now. So, you know, hey. We renamed the Silver Slugger to the Silver Higgs. That's He's true. Number two. <laughs> he is number two. He'll, he'll eventually probably surpass Garrett Cole. Yeah. yeah. No, hey, he has a 165 not. OPS plus in 17 games. So mostly <laughs> powered by those first few, but still. Yeah. Like I mentioned, since he's got more playing time, he's done nothing but neither has Gary. So just the catching spot has just not been great. <laughs> yeah. Gary, Gary, I think did get a homer in the past week, but other he than has, that, he, he did. Yeah. He's still looking rough like he on needed, the plate though. Ugh. Since uh, he had the homer in the first two games or whatever, the first series. And then since then he's just been like bad. homerless. So it's, it, yeah. But anyway. Yeah. So, well, speaking of bad, who is your Mitre of the week? I'm really, really sorry to do this. It hurts me to do this. 
but it's Aaron Judge. Yeah, that was going to be my pick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seven strikeouts in a row, 11 strikeouts for the week. It's not what you want. He's batting 059. That's also what he's slugging. He has an on-base percentage of 158. My dude. Yeah. Well, I've never been one to really care too much about strikeouts or read too much into them. Like, because for me, it's like, I don't care if you're striking out as long as you're still producing. But if you're striking out and not producing, you're just like off at the plate. Because to me, an out's an out. I don't really care if you get it on the ground in the air or strikeout. I really don't care. I don't know if that's the right way of looking at things or the wrong way, but that's just how I look at them. But to me, ultimately, it only matters if you're not freaking doing anything. So if you're just striking out, not hitting the ball, then I just feel like your timing is off. Something is off, which is just so weird. Because like last week we talked about, and you mentioned how, you know, he just had like a great week and he was almost the Yankee of the week and he just would look ready to unload. So I just need people to, I guess, say something stupid about him on a podcast again. And that's why I'm kind of trying to take it and uh, just trying to will him back into destroying baseballs. Yeah. Let's, let's anger him and then he'll get yes. back to it. Right. That's how it you works. Know he's definitely listening to this. He's sitting there right now. And by right now, I mean, tomorrow just going like, Oh, that cunge. Oh, yeah. that, this guy. I disappointed this guy. him. <laughs> Yeah, when you strike out in over half your plate appearances this is when it gets really bad. So, you know, yeah. unfortunately, a worthy pick for me trade of the week. So, yeah. All right. Did you well, have a backup in case I went with Judge? I did. Yeah. My backup is Mike Ford because. Hey, that's who I was initially going to go with. And then I looked at Judge's numbers. I'm like, yep, nope, they're worse. Yeah. Judge's, judge's <laughs> numbers are worse. And it's also, you know, higher expectations for Aaron Judge right. than Mike Ford. But at the same time, plug Mike Ford in. You don't expect that he's going to light the world on fire, but you expect a little bit better than hitting uh, 077. <laughs> Yeah, just ever so slightly better than judges' numbers. Yeah, the only thing that we I can say about him more than Jay Bruce is that he at least knows what he's doing at first base because he's made some nice defensive plays there on some scoops. Yeah, for sure, throwing some balls here and there. But it's it's one of the reasons why it will be so good to have Luke Voigt's bat back in the lineup, if not only for like getting some pitchers' respect on that spot in the lineup too, because you pitch Luke Voigt a little bit differently than you pitch Mike Ford. Just slightly. But uh, so it's funny because, yeah, we talked about the expectations with Judge, but also the fact that even like Luke Voigt's probably coming back tomorrow. And uh, because of that, we're probably not seeing Mike Ford for a while. Like, I'm assuming he's going to be the roster move. Uh, well, Andrew Harr was already promoted. Oh, shit. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, but yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. But either way, with Luke Voigt coming back, you're not really seeing too much of Mike Ford anymore. So that's why he kind of earned my pass. Yeah. <laughs> for not being Dimitri of the week. But Doesn't also get it very well deserved. <laughs> Also yeah. very well deserved, though. Yeah. Um, well, I think that'll do it for us, unless you have anything else. No, I think that's it. Cool. All right. Well, you can uh, rate and review us on iTunes. You can follow Pinstrip Alley on Twitter at Pinstrip Alley. Follow me at Merns PSA. Where are you this week, Kunj? This week, I'm at whatever Sony Movie Studios' Twitter handle is, because the new Venom trailer is out, and I just want to remind everyone that that movie title is stupid. So I'm <laughs> mad at them, and you could go at them for me. <laughs> very noble of you. I, yeah, I, yeah. I did not see the first Venom movie and I will not be seeing the second. So I did watch it. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, which I'm not sure is entirely a great review. <laughs> but yeah, it, I can't get past Let There Be Carnage. Yeah, that's, that's uh, I don't know. That's trying a little bit too hard for me. <laughs> like, if you're going to go with something that cheesy, you better make the movie just like very cheesy and campy, which they are not. <laughs> I would respect if randomly, when you clicked on the link to the Venom Let There Be Carnage trailer, it just immediately took you to the fake 30 for 30 that ESPN did on the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, actually, this is what it really is. 
That would be awesome. Yeah. yeah. I know Sony <laughs> and Disney work together on Spider-Man, so maybe they can work together on that too. Hopefully. I know there were rumors about like, you know, the Tom Holland Spider-Man being in that or whatever, and obviously nothing ever happened, but I think they just make rumors about the Tom Holland Spider-Man in every single thing. Like, Isn't he the might fish be showing up in <laughs> Tom Holland might be showing up in uh, Mandalorian Season 3 as Spider-Man. Why not? I want Tom Holland to show up as like one of his other random characters. He shows up as Billy <laughs> Elliot in uh, Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man movie. <laughs> Oops, was this the wrong one? Uh, whoops. All right. Well, okay, we're getting off topic. All right. Well, so that'll do for us, Pinster Valley Podcast. We'll say farewell to the Yankees and please do not embarrass yourselves at the trop. Or just come out of it alive. Yes, that's a good secondary goal. <laughs>